All right, welcome to another edition of the Hot Take Podcast with Jimmy Nolan. I am your host, Jimmy Nolan. Let's open up with the biggest news uh, these past couple days in sports recently. Brian Flores is filing a lawsuit against the NFL and three teams, one of those teams being the New York Giants. The other two teams are his former team, the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. Let's go over some things before we get into detail of the situations. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross uh, reportedly offered Brian Flores $100,000 in bonuses to lose in the to to gain the first overall pick in 2019. Flores claimed he declined, so do his lawyers. Also, claiming teams only interview minority coaches to fulfill the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is when. NFL teams have to consider at least two minority coaching candidates, so they have to go through interviews with two minority head coaching candidates. And Flores was told uh, three days before by Bill Belichick, actually, that Brian Dayball had the Giants head coaching job before his interview. So there's a lot, a lot of accusations that are most likely true from Brian Flores. Um, He's on every single talk show this morning, today, talking about it. You could just go look up on YouTube or Google it. Um, it's all there. But the Giants are involved in this, and they're involved in a huge part of this, actually. They violated a lot of rules here. You can't just interview a guy when you already know who's getting that job. That is the most disrespectful thing to do to someone. Brian Flores was going into that interview with no chance of getting that head coaching job. No chance. And it's true because Brian Flores is claiming that Bill Belichick is the one who told him. Bill Belichick is probably one of the best sources in the NFL. Who get, what better do you get than Bill Belichick? He probably knows everything, especially about the Giants. He's the one who told them that Joe Judge would be a good hire. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if someone in the Giants organization told Belichick that they're going to roll with Dayball. And then Dayball texted Flores like, yo, three days. Like, you got the interview in three days, but... They already gave the job to Dayball. If I was Brian Flores, I would go into that. I would. He said he went into that interview thinking he could still win the job. He could change their minds that good because he thinks he's that good of a head coach. But for me, I would have went in feeling a lot, very disrespected. Knowing that somebody else already has the job. My time is getting wasted, basically. They wasted his time. It's messed up. And the only reason that they did this was to fulfill the the Rooney rule. So the accusation Brian Flores is making is 100% true. It's going to be interesting to see if this reaches the court. But I don't see it. They'll probably settle somewhere. Brian Dable is probably shocked. He's probably like, what the hell am I getting myself into? Poor guy. Can't imagine being him right now. Guy just got the job. And now this all this comes out about Brian Flores. And his name's thrown into it now just because he just got this Giants head coaching job that Brian Flores apparently had no shot at, and he still interviewed for it. Everything that Brian Flores is claiming is true, though. Uh, The fact that Josh McCown could be the next head coach of the Houston Texans just amazes me. It doesn't make any sense. He has no coaching experience outside of coaching – Maybe his kid's high school football team. Since he when he retired, he coached his kid's high school football team. Outside of that, no coaching experience in football. 
he's your quarterback coach and uh, for a couple of year, one year, and then he gets a head coaching job. It doesn't make any sense to hire Josh McCown as an NFL head coach. Maybe as an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach, but a head coach? It doesn't make sense. Brian Flores, Eric Bieniemy, Byron, Lefer- Byron Leverage, Mike Caldwell, all guys 10 times more qualified for that job than Josh McCown. Well, why is Josh McCown the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job? It doesn't make any sense. There's only one black head coach right now in the league. That's Mike Tomlin. Besides that, nobody else, there's no other black head coach. That's a problem. So Brian Flores is right. Only four minority head coaches in the league. Brian Flores is 100% right with everything that he is filing against the NFL and the three teams. If it reaches the court, which I don't think it will, it will be very interesting. But it is a serious, serious problem, and the NFL needs to figure it out. I don't know how they will do it. The Rooney Rule obviously is not working. Teams are finding their way around it. The New York Giants most likely just did it. I'm not going to claim that they did, but I think they did do this. If Belichick truly texted Brian Flores that Brian Dayball will be the next head coach of the New York Giants three days before his interview, it makes perfect sense that it it is, in fact, real. And props to Brian Flores to still go into that interview, still believing he had a chance at that job. And the fact that Brian Flores still doesn't have a job doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. Guys like Brian Flores, Leslie Fraser, Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, Mike Caldwell, like the guys I mentioned before, should all be head coaches before Josh McCown. And guys like, yeah, guys like Josh McCown. Because let's be real, if Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, if they were black, they would not be getting that opportunity at such a young age. And it's just a fact. And the NFL needs to do something about it. I don't know what they could do, but they need to figure it out. Because I, that's the big, that's the biggest thing that shocks me is the fact, how is Josh McCown the favorite to be the Houston Texans head coach? It just doesn't make sense. The guys I mentioned before, 10 times more qualified. Yet still, not the favorite. It doesn't make any sense. What has Josh McCown done? He wasn't even a good quarterback when he played. It doesn't make any sense. If they do hire Josh McCown, how could the Houston Texans GM and owner stand up there in the press conference and answer a question? Um... Why didn't you decide to go with Brian Flores, Mike Caldwell, Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, over Josh McCown? Uh, I don't know. We liked him. What? No experience. No experience whatsoever. No experience. He's played, but just because you play doesn't mean you can coach. It doesn't make any sense to hire Josh McCown. It doesn't make any sense. And I love Josh McCown. 
He was great with the New York Jets. We loved him. Still doesn't make sense. Why would you hire him as your head coach? But anyways, let's move on from that to Brian Flores' other lawsuit against the Miami Dolphins, claiming that Stephen Ross reportedly offered him $100,000 in bonuses for uh, losses in 2019 to attain the 2019 first overall pick. He declined. Um, Also, there's a report that says Brian Flores could have uh, reportedly tampered with Tom Brady in the offseason when he was um, in the upcoming offseason when he would be a free agent. He declined. He has proof of that. Uh, You could just go Google that and find that everywhere. Just look up Brian Flores. It's all, all over the internet. So this is a huge deal. The NFL is, they got a target on them right now. And they need to answer some serious questions. I mean, they're they're getting roughed up this year. This is a bad, bad look. Especially for the New York Giants, too. A local team of ours. Terrible look. I feel really bad for Brian Dayball. I feel really bad for Brian Dayball. He has no clue what he got himself into. New York football, we're all about being incompetent, dumb, stupid, making bad decisions, and putting a bad product on the field. That's what New York football is, and that's what it has been the past decade. We suck. New York football sucks. On the field, off the field. We're always losing. Always losing. But I just want to touch on that before we wrap the the Brian Flores topic up. There does need to be a serious change. The Rooney rule is not working. They need to figure it out. I don't know what they could do, but... They need to figure it out because guys like Josh McCown should not be considered the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job, especially over the people that I just mentioned. It doesn't make any sense. No sense whatsoever. Figure it out. Figure it out. The NFL needs to figure it out because it's ridiculous. You don't see, you don't see this problem in MLB. You don't see this problem in NBA. I mean, in NHL, like, I mean, the, who cares about hockey? We'll talk a little hockey later, though. But, I mean, hockey's like Canadians, dude. But it just doesn't make any sense how the NFL is the only problem with this. Like, it's the only sport with the problem with getting minority head coaches or managers or head coaches, managers in baseball terms. But it doesn't make any sense. No sense whatsoever. It's always the NFL that has these issues. It's 2022. Figure it the hell out. All right. Let's wrap up that topic, though, and let's let's go on to the Knicks. Um, we'll start. We'll do both New York basketball teams because they both suck right now. New York football sucks. New York basketball sucks, too. So the Knicks suck again. Um... I expected them to lose. If you're a Knicks fan and you didn't expect them to lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the best teams in the NBA right now with John Morant, who's putting up like MVP-like numbers right now, you're out of your mind. They got Desmond Baines, Jaron Jackson. They're sick. They're loaded. They're New York Knicks from last year. They just got John Morant. We had Julius Randle. So they're set for the future. It's just like, what do you even do with this Knicks team? What do you do? Do you trade Julius Randle? You get no no value back whatsoever. He's tradable. As, as of today, Julius Randle is tradable. 
But the question is, why would you trade him? No value in return. But at the same time, games like last night, where he gets ejected in two technical fouls, you, you're just like, get the hell off this team. Just cut him. I don't care if we get no return. I don't want this guy on our team. He's Why is he playing 38 minutes last night? That's another thing that really pissed me off. Tibbs and Randall suck. Like, they flat out suck. Tibbs can't, like, he always has a great first year in every every spot he goes as a head coach. Great first year. Sucks the second year. He can't develop young players. Well, guess what? He's not developing young players. Julius Randle, my, my bad. Julius Randle had 36 minutes last night with a minus nine. Can't have that. Can't. Nick shouldn't have even been on the same court with the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Doesn't make sense that Obi Toppin only gets 11 minutes. And in his 11 minutes on the court, he gets half the amount of rebounds that Julius Randle does. And Julius Randle played 36 minutes. Basically tripled Obi Toppin's minutes and couldn't double his rebounds. Only only doubled his rebounds. He doesn't play hard. He doesn't hustle. He gets ejected last night for no reason. He loses his temper way too quickly. It's coming to a point where I don't even care about the value. I'll trade him for a penny. Just make room for the young guys. Get this guy out of here. There's a couple of trades the Knicks need to make. It seems like they're getting ready to trade Evan Fournier. 30 points last night. Guy plays great. When you give him the ball and you let him shoot and he gets going, he's he's go- he's a really good player. He could shoot the hell out of the basketball. Especially when he's hot. Seems like Evan Fournier is going to be out, out of here soon for the Knicks. Last night, eight three-pointers. His catch-and-shoot game this year, when in games, especially against the Celtics, he goes off when he gets going. And it's so much fun to watch. And a playoff team would love Evan Fournier. Like the Knicks last year, they would love Evan Fournier. I feel so bad for Evan Fournier. I, I really think he doesn't want to be here but he's just being a very good pro basketball player. And he's not going to go run his mouth to the media and, and request a trade in public. He's He probably knows his time is running out here. He wants to play for a winner. And the Knicks can get something for him because his value is probably the highest it's going to be all year right now. Evan Fournier is having a hell of a, hell of a last couple games. He had that hot start the other night, opened the quarter with 16 points, and then dropped 30 with eight threes. Also, Mitchell Robinson played really well last night. He's been playing really well as of late. He he uh has it's been reported in reports if you look up in Knicks online, Knicks trades. Mitchell Robinson is apparently gaining a lot of interest from other teams right now. And it kind of makes sense why you would trade Mitch because as in, if you look at his career, his short career, he's always been hurt. This is the one year where he hasn't been out for a really long stretch of period of time. And he's playing his best basketball right now, his offensive rebounding, his defensive rebounding, his finishing at the rim. all It's all at its best right now. His, his rim protecting all at its best as well. He had a huge block last night. He's an offensive center. Seven for eight field goals last night. 14 points, 11 boards. Eight blocks. Can't go in his paint. 
if he has games like last night where he could not eight blocks, but three blocks, 30 minutes on the floor, we'd love that from Mitch. Love it. But is it ask is is reliable? Is it like is it realistic for Mitchell Robinson to play a consistent 30 minutes every single night? I don't know. I don't know. He's injury prone. He gets hurt a lot. Every year. But at the same time, you don't want to see him go because we've seen this guy grow up. We saw him as a second-round draft pick as a rookie a couple of years ago to now develop into what we think, what we thought he could become. This rim-protecting, shot-blocking, finishing-at-the-rim presence. He's a true center, an old-fashioned big man. And he's athletic as hell. He could be a serious threat on any contending team. You put Mitchell Robinson on a team like the Brooklyn Nets or even the Milwaukee Bucks, you'd be their starting starting five right there. Sure, a lot of teams in the Western Conference would love him. The Warriors would love Mitchell Robinson. The Lakers would love Mitchell Robinson. We get a lot back from Mitch, too. Because he could be a really good piece on a contending team. But I would hate to see him go. I would hate to see Mitch go. I I, I wasn't a big fan of Mitch. Because he's always hurt. He really is. And that's why I don't think... I wouldn't be so upset if they did trade him. Because he is always hurt. And his trade value is high. So I understand... Why you would make that move. But it would suck to see him go. Just because we saw him grow. We saw him grow up. Another highlight though from last night's loss. There was a couple highlights. Individual highlights. RJ Barrett, 23 points. I mean. The guy that won one pick before him, John Morant, is obviously... Like, the guy. But it was nice to see R.J. Barrett compete with him. It was. You know, they both dropped 23. R.J. played great defense. 8 of 11 on the free throws. He's got to he's gotta get better on the free throws. He really does. But R.J. Barrett is... He's being consistent lately. Averaged over 20 points per game in the month of January. We love seeing that as Knicks fans. Our third overall pick, playing the way he's playing. R.J. Barrett is going to be a consistent all-star. Not this year, obviously. But next year, he's having, quietly, he's having a better season than he is last year. Not too long ago, he was averaging below 16 points per game. Now he's averaging 17.5, close to what he was last year. 35% from three. He's taking more threes. So 35, you, when you take more threes, obviously your three-point percentage is going to drop. So his three-point percentage drop. It's still 35%. It's still good. He's lethal from the corner. His rebounds are up. His defense is great. His turnovers are down. And he's consistently on the court. He's never hurt. The only time he missed time was when he got the flu. So with trade season coming up, I please beg the Knicks not to trade R.J. Barrett. I would. R.J. Barrett is the guy that the Knicks should be building around. He could either, you either hope that R.J. R.J. Barrett develops into that number one option, or he's that number two option that can draw in another number one. The Knicks have a lot of issues, though. Because speaking on R.J. Barrett, that just reminded me about Cam Reddish still not getting any playtime. Doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I could understand Tibbs' argument saying you still got guys like 
Burks and Fournier who need the playing time. But when Fournier and Burks are gone, which is hopefully Leon Rose figures that out, you got to trade them. You have to. We're not going anywhere. The New York Knicks are not going anywhere this season. It is time to sell our assets. Trade the vets. Let the kids play. Knicks are 12th place right now. We're not going anywhere. We got to trade some guys. Hopefully when D. Rose comes back, we, we just become a better team again. Maybe it sparks the team or sparks a little run. Maybe we sneak into the play-in. Because we're definitely, we ain't getting into the regular playoffs. We're going to be in the play-in. Whether it's 9 or 10 or 7 or 8, we're in the play-in. We might not even get in the play-in with the way we're playing. It's awful. But from one New York basketball team to another, the Brooklyn Nets, they also lost because they suck too. It's a lousy show today. It's just a sad show. Snowing outside, stuck inside all day. Turn on sports and just see your team suck. It sucks. We'll end it on a high note with the Rangers. At least they did good. I don't really know much about hockey, but we got guests. The the Islanders and the Rangers actually both won um, on February 1st. And then last night... Islanders lost a tough one to Kraken, but it was two in a row. But let's focus back on basketball. Brooklyn Nets last night, they lost a tough one to the Sacramento Kings, 112-101. James Harden had more turnovers than points. Kyrie Irving didn't score 20 points. So the Nets have, Nets have a couple issues. First of all, their main issue is no Kevin Durant. No Kevin Durant is obviously the biggest issue. You know, the guy was lead, leading the league in points scored. And now you take that guy out of the team, your wins are going to drop. I didn't expect the Nets to lose six in a row and be three and seven in their last 10 games and lose to a team like the Sacramento Kings because you still have guys like James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So you would think that they would beat teams like the Sacramento Kings. Maybe they go to the three or the four seed, but the six seed, that's a little scary. Now they drop one more and now they're in that playing talk. And we don't know when Kevin Durant is coming back. So it's a serious question. Are the Nets going to be playing in the playing tournament? The Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers, who we thought were going to be in the championship, both might not even be in the regular playoffs. They might be fighting for a spot in the playing. So the Nets really got some issues. James Harden, more turnovers than points, like I said. Six turnovers, only four points, two of 11 from the field. He was awful last night. He was flat out awful. James Harden's not the player he once was. It's clear cut. Every now and then he'll give you a 30-point game, give you a great game. But at the end of the day, he's turning the ball over too much. He's missing too many shots. He's not consistent. He doesn't get to the free throw line like he used to because he's not getting the calls. Rules have changed, bud. The whole league adjusted except you. No more excuses, James Harden. You're not the guy who you once were. It's that simple. The Nets have the Nets issues right now. No bench, no size, no Kevin Durant, and no James Harden isn't James Harden of two years ago. He isn't. Last year you saw a decline in points, and this year you see a decline in his overall play. It looks like he doesn't even want to be out there. It legitimately seemed last night in that game that James Harden didn't want to be on the court. And this is the past few nights, too. This was also the night before against the Suns, when they lost by 10-2. When he had four turnovers. He's got to step up his play. If, like, the Suns' loss is excusable, because they're the best team in the league, but to lose to the Sacramento Kings, come on, guys. Come on. It doesn't make sense. So we'll take a break here. We're going to take a break actually right here, and we'll come back with the Nets right after next on the Hot Take Podcast. 
All right, we're back on the Hot Take Podcast with Jimmy Nolan. Um, so let's get right back into it. Brooklyn Nets, we were on that. Let's get back on that. So James Harden, man, he scored under 20 points six times since January 1st. That's not a stat that is uh, very common for James Harden, James Harden to do. But he doesn't score like he used to anymore. He used to be a walking 30. There was years when James Harden would score over 30. Uh, now he can barely score over 20. He's only averaging 22 points, clearly the, low, the lowest in his career. So James Harden was really good. He was. Everybody knows. the MV, Former MVP, scored 30 points a game in 27. In just 2017, scored 30, 30 points a game. In 2018, he scores 36 points a game. And then 34 points per game the following year in 2019. Led the league in points three years in a row. Then he comes to the Brooklyn Nets and uh, he sucks. Yeah, he just sucks. Like that's how I. That's the best way I could put it. He's not the player he once was. So not only do the Nets have a KD problem because they don't have him, they have a James Harden problem because he's just a shell of the old James Harden who turns the ball over, doesn't get to the line, doesn't hit his three-pointers. James Harden needs to figure it out. And also the Nets need to figure it out because they need to make a trade. Because they knew. Going into this year, you knew you had only Patty Mills on your bench. Besides that, the Nets don't have a bench. Now Patty Mills is starting half the time because you need him to. But the Nets need to make a trade. They have no size. Nick Claxton went off last night. He's a great young player, but he can't play the whole game. After he comes out, the rim isn't protected at all, and he's still young. He needs to learn. Why not bring DeMarcus Cousins is available, and you don't even need to give anything up to get him because he's a free agent. You like the old guys. Why not give him a one-year vet minimum? He could play. 20 minutes a night and give Nick Claxton the rest. Solve your rim protection problem. And now you got to get Kyrie vaccinated. And that would help. And you got to get Harden to play better. How? I don't know. You don't even need the old Harden. Just get a better Harden, not a Harden who scores four points against the Kings. It's flat out inexcusable for James Harden to score four points. Now, Julius Randle, he's allowed to score four points because he's not James Harden. He's not a former MVP. See, I've come accustomed to Julius Randle sucking, but James Harden sucking is a whole new thing for me. That's a shocker. The dip in it, the decline and dip in his play has actually been amazing to watch. It's shocking. It's mind-boggling. This whole Nets big three is blowing up right in their face. There's not going to be a parade in Brooklyn. No Brooklyn Bridge parade. Kevin Durant thought when he was coming to New York, he was like, oh, I'm coming to New York, but I'm going to Brooklyn. How'd that work out for you, bud? You got a guy in Kyrie Irving who's never on the court, and you got James Harden who's out of shape, can't play, can't score like he used to, can't make buckets consistently. And it looks like he doesn't even want to be out there. And when Kevin Durant does come back, if the Nets don't make a trade, the Nets need to make a trade to help Kevin Durant out. Because even when he does come back, they can't just play him like they played him. Can't expect Kevin Durant to come back and play 40 minutes a night again. It's the reason he got hurt. Wouldn't make sense. You got to get... You got to get KD some help. It would help to have Kyrie vaccinated so he could just play all the games instead of just the away games. 
But that's probably not going to happen, at least until playoffs. So you got to make a trade. You have to make a trade. For the Brooklyn Nets to slide from first in the Eastern Conference about three weeks ago to now they're sixth in the Eastern Conference. The Brooklyn Nets are behind the Cleveland Cavaliers in the standings by two games. Six-game losing streak. The Brooklyn Nets have an alarming problem, and they need to figure it out too. A lot of team, a lot of New York teams with alarming problems. Brooklyn Nets, man, they got to make a trade ASAP. So let's close things up. We'll uh, we'll take a break here, and we'll talk about the Rangers with uh, Frankie next, uh, special guest for the show. Next podcast, first time we got video. Joined by a guest, uh, not only a friend of mine, but a big Rangers fan, uh, Frankie Gucciardo. First time we're, yeah, first time yeah, we're talking first time, hockey. First time, dude. That's crazy. On yeah. the entire podcast, you never said anything about hockey before? I've never said anything about hockey on this entire podcast. I mentioned it, and I mentioned I wanted to talk about it, but yeah, it's for it. I never actually talk about it. Just because I think hockey is sometimes hard to watch, but I want to get into it more because I do like playoff hockey. I do like the Islanders, um, and you're a Rangers fan, but the Rangers are doing really good. That's why I wanted to talk about the Rangers. So I figured I'd bring you on because you probably know more about the Rangers than me. New York sports team's killing it for once. Yeah, so... uh, Nets are doing pretty good, too. Yeah, Nets suck. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's get to it, though. I just wanted to ask you, you guys just beat the best team for the Panthers. Yeah, so one of the best teams, yeah. Yeah, and I told you that they were going to win yesterday. I did. Yeah. And did. Um, he said they're not going to win, Jimmy. And well, I said, you know, you know, you know, I didn't think they weren't going to win. I just wasn't confident that they were because, I don't know, they've been playing off the last couple of games against some kind of bad teams, and the Florida Panthers are so good. Their offense is one of the best in the league. And I don't know. I just didn't I didn't think they were going to clutch it out for that game, but they did. They played really well. Shesty killed it, like always. And without Adam Fox, too, which is crazy, who's like our best player in the league. Well, yeah, what I was wondering is, like, do you guys think, like, the Rangers fan, like, actually think this team could go to the Stanley Cup Finals or even the deep postseason <laughs> run? Because, like, you guys are up there as, like, one of the best teams oh, in the league right yeah, now, and yeah. you just beat the best team in the league right now. So, like, it's, I think it's a legitimate question to ask. I mean, as a person who yeah. doesn't really watch hockey, who just, like, looks and takes a peek observes, at it, observes. I observe it from the uh, from the side. And the Rangers are one of the best teams. They're always on. Everyone's always posting about them. Everyone's always talking about them. Yeah, everyone's like they're hot this year. What makes them different than years past? Why are they so different this year? Well, first question. I think they can totally make a like a deep playoff run. I don't know about the Stanley Cup though, because my only thing is the Eastern Conference is crazy, bro. Florida Panthers are nuts. The Tampa Bay Lightning are nuts. Uh, the Hurricanes are nuts. The Rangers are nuts. And the Capitals are pretty good. And the Penguins are pretty good. But the Capitals have been kind of like I don't know. I'm not really scared of the Capitals. Like, I am like, we have not beaten the Carolina Hurricanes. They also have one of the best offenses. They have murdered us the first time we played them. And they're the first few times we played them this whole season, I think. And um, what was I going to say? They're pretty much probably the one team in the East that I'm scared of. But I think that we can totally, I don't know, man. Like, if we're complete as a team during the playoffs, if nobody gets hurt or not, or COVID or anything, we could probably make it to the Stanley Cup. I don't know. I just want to say that because, you know, I'm a Rangers fan, bro. Yeah, I mean, of, uh, course, of course, bro. I'm, I'm of course, you got the bias yeah, yeah, opinion. Like, I love them. I want to make this. Yeah, you got to have the bias I've seen opinion. one in my life, and they lost it. And So, yeah, how what, what was it like seeing a Stanley Cup? Because I've never even oh, seen one of crazy. my – The only time I've seen one of my teams in the championship was when the Mets made the championship. Yeah. And, um, obviously, everyone knows how that went. Okay. Shout out up there. 2015 NL champs. So, how was that Stanley Cup? As a Mets fan, but – um. Yeah. What's it called? No, the Stanley Cup was crazy. I was 14, so I was kind of like, I don't know. I wouldn't really pay attention to hockey like that much. I would sit there and I'd watch some of the games and I would like, like, um, I would, I like playing it better. That's why I always go outside and rip it. But like, um, it was crazy. I think like we all knew we were going to get smacked because the Kings were just unbeatable that year, bro. They were nuts. And, but we did have like the president's trophy, which is crazy. Uh, I think that was that year, 14, 15. We were the best team in the league and we made it to the Stanley Cup finals. And, um, we just got, the Tampa Bay, I think we played Tampa, but I think we beat them. I can't really remember that season, but um, we uh, the Kings were just crazy, bro. And they won the cup the year before against the Devils. When we made it to the conference finals and we lost, everybody was like, they're going to make a cup run again next year. And we did. 
and it was kind of crazy. But I don't know. Watching watching Alec Martinez score on Henrik Lundqvist in game, uh, I think it was six of overtime, and just take the series was fuck. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, man. Hey, man. You could you could curse. You could curse. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I, I, I yeah, caught it's myself. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, First time. It, no, it sucked, dude. It sucked. It's it a was, podcast. It was, it was it's a podcast. I'm gonna curse. But anyways, this is what I wanted to ask. Um, you said it just yourself, Henrik Lundqvist, man. Obviously, he never got that ring, but what was he like? He just got his number retired for the oh, Rangers, yeah, put yeah. it up in the rafters of the garden. That was awesome. What is that like? Uh, what do you? How do you feel as a fan? It's like crazy that Lundquist? nobody's ever going to wear the number. No other goalie in the history of the NHL will ever wear 30 at the garden ever again. That's crazy. Because that's it. That's a retired number. And that's like the goalie numbers, like 30, 31, 32, like around there. There's some weird ones nowadays, but 30 is kind of just like the goalie number. Like some all the like most of the best goalies of all time are 30. And it's just crazy that they're not going to do it again. But, like, as a fan, dude, Henrik was, I think, easily the best goalie of our generation. That dude was ridiculous. Justin would say it's Carey Price, but that's that's biased. But Henrik Lundqvist was unbelievable, bro. If you just go on YouTube and just watch some of, like, his best saves, you're going to be like, how? Like, how does a human, like, do that, bro? That guy was insane. And I don't know, man. It just felt cool. Man. Like, I've never seen, like, a number retired, especially somebody who I've watched, like, play their most of their career and, like, kind of, like, idolized. I, like, had his jersey when I was, like, 11. I loved it. So when did he retire? It was only a couple years ago. Yeah, right? uh, I think it was two years ago. He was just kind of off the last few years of his career. Yeah. Like he was still pretty like solid starting goalie, and like the Rangers were just not doing good yeah. as a team. We were kind of like all of our older players that were helping us out were just leaving, retiring too, getting traded, and we just didn't make some of the right moves. And then, um, yeah, he had like some problem with his heart, and he had to go get heart surgery. And Man, now God. he works for. Is he all good now? Oh yeah, yeah, he oh, should be. Okay. Yeah, I think Thank he's God. all good now. Yeah, yeah, he's all good. But he so, works yeah, for um, he works for um, oh, I think ESPN. I don't know one of the companies. Yeah, and he sits there and he talks about hockey with everybody. And I love the guy. He's the most monotone speaker of all time. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, dude, New York guys like <laughs> he's out of Swedish, a New York dude. superstar. Oh, and he's he Swedish. Talks like this all the time. Oh, I would not, I would not <laughs> be able. To, like, I don't know, dude. During post game interviews, like, how do you like? Oh, hey, how are you? I'm here with this guy, Henrik Lundqvist, and then do your impersonations. Uh, yes, I love being a goalie. That's that's it. Oh man, <laughs> that's boring. I did it my whole life. See, I feel like I've been. He's if great. AB, so imagine fun. like AB in New York. That would be fun. What? AB like Antonio Brown, a oh, player yeah. like Antonio Brown. That would be fun on the Rangers. It, on any New York team <laughs> in general, that would just be fun to see. Like yes, that you know, highlighted. Henrik Lundqvist, gangster. Yeah. So also gorgeous. Sorry. So what's the? I was um. Doing like stat reading because I wanted to come prepared you know, for this little chat we're having. Also, we gotta get Justin on, dude. I want to argue about goalies. Yeah, I feel like you and Justin could talk a lot about hockey, or maybe even you and Bobby do a little debate. Rangers versus Isis. <laughs> that would be good. I would like that. Um, but you, yeah, dude. So this is what I got from stats. You guys are fifth in the league off the power play. It's fire. Yeah, and then you guys are fifteenth in goals. I didn't know that. So, like, that's kind of a little bit of a drop-off, in my opinion. Like, what's what's the deal with, like, you guys are one of the best teams on the power play. Everybody gets power plays. So, yeah. But then when it's not power plays, you guys just, eh, average. Well, so, like, hmm. so, like do you guys get a well, lot of power plays? Yeah. Like, usually we're – I feel like there's a lot of power plays. How do you do that in hockey? Year. Like, what? How do you draw you penalties? Oh, like get tripped, get slashed. Can you stick. can you like draw like is it like a skill of the game? Somebody. Can player is that you like a good skill though for like someone to draw penalties? penalties? Yeah, if you can draw penalties in the right moments, a lot of it is just kind of like from other players too. Like they if they move their stick in a certain way, you can definitely like take advantage of that. But it's good to like pick up on that quick because like you know I played hockey my whole life and I was just I, I didn't pick up on anything like that. Yeah, but like. What's it hey called? Man, um, amateurs. No, yeah, that's sure. what we do now. We talk yeah. about sports. Yeah, good topic. We weren't good enough to play that. the sports, so we talk about them. And, uh, and um, what's it called? Oh, so anyway, yeah, I don't know. But um, I don't know. I feel like like one of the reasons that we're such a good team this year is our defense is incredible, bro. Like we have easily one of the best defensive cores in the league. Like um, Ryan Lingren and Adam Fox is like one of the best starting two pairs in the yeah, league. Yeah, you guys they got some young guys, right? Bro. All young guys. All young guys. Young. I think the oldest person on our team, I could be totally wrong, is Chris Kreider. And he's 32 and he is leading the league in goals. He's having Gosh. his most incredible season. He has like 32 goals and the person below him is 29. 
So is that like rare for a 32-year-old to go off? No, 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 no. That's not rare. It's just like Chris Kreider has never been that. I mean, like he's He's always had like, he's he's been close. He's his highest goal season. I think he's had like 228 goal seasons. You think it's like the youthful energy just rubbing off on him? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably because he literally, when he first started the league, he was known for being offsides all the time. This dude was rubbing offsides. He wouldn't skate. No, not he was an idiot. I think he just like didn't find his game yet until this year. Not this okay. year. Like he did find his game. He's been a solid player every year. He's had 28 goal seasons. But um now he's like taking the next Yeah, step. he's taking it up. He should be the captain. Rangers have like four alternative captains and like they should, just make Kreider the captain already. So what's good with this guy George have? Is he like uh, Henrik Lundqvist 2.0? Oh, yeah. the power play part, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get we're back to the power play. <laughs> no, nah, but I just wanted you were talking defense. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, no, no. That's why I'm saying that's why we're so low in goals, I think. Is because but the thing is is that we do have such solid offense like Artemi Panarin, bro, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, they're all incredible. So Ryan Strom is doing focus good. on defense. So we know yeah, but that's the thing, and it's like and then when I you get like the chance to score, you the get power plays, guys... we're very good at our defense. I feel okay. like we quarterback off them a lot in the power play because they sit there and they find the plays. They usually Chris Kreider sits right next to the net, they pass it to him, he passes it out, they take a shot, and he hits the rebound in. It's crazy. It's like an incredible setup. But like you get like guys like Panarin just sniping it from like the the the, the circle, and he's just getting beautiful top shelf goals and like disadvantage ad too and like they're going crazy but two there's like some younger guys that are just not like our two first round draft picks we had the first pick and the second pick this year the last two years because oh. we were so bad we had the second pick because we were like like second worst in the league and then we had the first pick because we won the draft lottery yeah and um we got alexis lafreniere and capo caco and they're just like not doing no, Lafreniere's been stepping it up a little bit lately. He's got, I think he's got like ten goals, so like that's not terrible. But like Chris Kreider's so, thirty two, and has, or he's like, yeah, he's thirty two years old. He's got like thirty two goals right now. What are you guys sitting in the standings right now? Like we're f- third. I could check. Yeah, I just want to like, I think it's third. I think you're right. I'll just double check real quick because on the Hot Take podcast, we we're don't second play around. The, we're second stats. in the division, but we're tied with Carolina, we're sixty-four notable. points. So you guys are what? We're tied with Carolina. And see, that's what scares me because okay. we have 47 games played and we have that many points. They have only 42. They're okay. crazy. They're nuts. Yeah. So Panthers, they're... Panthers have 69 points in 47 games. They're nuts. So the Panthers are one of the best teams in the league. I think, yeah. I think that. And you guys just beat them. Yeah. You guys just smoked Probably. them. Like it was no, like yeah. no question. Like it was the Panthers didn't even have a shot. You guys put up five goals. <laughs> and George, so that's how I wanted to get to, though. Georgia was playing last night. We're so right now, but we're tied with uh, Carolina. Okay. Avalanche are insane. I, so do you seriously think you guys can like go far in the playoffs? Yeah, but I think if we make it to the cup, we're gonna get smoked. By Who's the stopping you? The, the Panthers. Yeah, the t- Tampa and that's Bay it. Lightning, Hurricanes. So only three teams: Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Panthers. Hey man, upsets so. happen, baby. Joe exactly. Burrow and the Bengals. And Sturkin is the man. So the best goal and that's also my favorite. He's like one of the best goalies in the league. So he's just, just stopping all the shots. So we got another Lundqvist, is what you're telling Shesterkin, me, in Georgia. Yeah, no, Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Yeah, Georgia's our backup. Oh, oh yeah, that's what I got. Georgia is he yeah. a good enough backup? That's what I want to ask. Okay. Not George um, Yev. I'm dumb. See, that's why I gotta get more into hockey. I'm sorry, guys. But let's get back George into it. Like, so your boy Shefter. A couple whatever, years. Shefter. Shefty. Shefty. Shesterkin. Shesterkin. I'm gonna learn more. By episode like 20, I'm gonna be on point with my hockey. I like that. We're gonna do 20 episodes. Of we're gonna hockey. do one. Yeah, we're gonna do. Frankie's <laughs> yeah. gonna be on weekly. So. Okay do my hockey takes we gotta get hockey on the show anyway so georgie's like pretty good um he's not he's easily a solid goalie but like every time they've started him in the last few games against bad teams he's been kind of choking it like literally like i forgot who scored like five goals on him the other night but it was just somebody that we totally should have beat i think they played him against the kraken the other night and they lost and the kraken's second worst in the league next to poor montreal but like i don't know dude like he's a backup and they play Shesterk in most games, so that's why we're doing so well in the standings. But I feel like we have, like, 13 losses, and I think, like, five or six of them are Georgia. Maybe even more than that. Oh, so Georgia isn't a good guy I, to I have I think shesty has got, like, six losses on the year. So if you go into the playoffs, are you guys just going to ride him, do you think? Shesty? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You guys can't – like, we, do backups he, play in the playoffs at all? Or? Um, It kind of depends. If you're kind of, like, spanking a team 3 nothing, and you have a solid backup and they're just, like, not performing, why not? I think the Rangers played Marty Baron once to give Henry a break because he was kind of off. Yeah. But um, Marty Baron was – I feel like Georgiev is, like, Martin Baron to Henry Blanquist because he was an old goalie. He was when I was growing up. I think he went – nah, he was the backup a couple years before we made it to the Stanley Cup. Our backup was Cam Talbot, and that was the best goalie core in the league. That was crazy, bro. Hey, man, we got Rangers history, too, with this guy. Anyway, I think I'm going to uh... – 
no, just go Jordan's ahead. He's like more of a run. He kind of just he's he kind of looks like a sieve. He lets in a lot of goals, but so what? What's the biggest surprise for the Rangers this year? Just like out of know, the I young guy, like the fact that Shiesty Fox is also again once again like one of the top players in the league in points. Is that out of nowhere? No, no, no. He literally joined the Rangers two years ago, and he's been he won the best defenseman of the year. I think he literally was rookie year or third year. I think won the best defenseman of the year award. And right now he's first in the league in points out of defenseman. I'm pretty sure he's ridiculously good hockey player. He literally has like 40 assists, I think. Crazy, bro. Unbelievable. And he's got like 10, 12 goals on top of that, I think. So what's Ridiculous. your prediction what do you mean? for the end of the year? I want to hear it now. Because we're going to go I back. we're going to go to a late playoff run. I think we'll, honestly, the the, honest to God, I think we're going to make the conference finals. If it started today, we'd play the Penguins. We'd smoke the Penguins. Smoke the Penguins? They're doing pretty, pretty You hear fun. that, Pittsburgh? You guys suck. I think we beat you in the playoffs. Right also, um, so you're Since calling I'm it right now, conference, conference championship. Yeah. Are you gonna win or no? Man, like I can't say no. You can say it now. I can't say no. You know how, how do you say no to your own team, bro? Hey, man, dude, boys. listen. If we if we look back on this episode at this clip, in like what? When's the Stanley Cup? Like four months? Uh, it's in May. It's usually in May. Yeah. May. Yeah, yeah. So oh, in four months. In four months, man, we got. I'll dude, drive down to see you. We got virtual and yeah, OD, man. We'll have a studio by then too. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm not getting a job. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's your final prediction. Yeah, it's my final prediction. All right, man. Anything finals. you got to say though? I think Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Final. Being a fan. We're gonna be a fan. Well, I mean, that's what we do. We, we love the year. fans. Winning the cup this year. I'm taking them to win the cup right now. You're gonna take them to win the cup. All right. Well, you heard it from the hockey expert. Rangers. We actually have yeah, he's the official new uh hot take hockey expert. Official New York Rangers uh super fan. <laughs> super fan expert, the hot takes expert. I have my own experts. You know how like every other network has experts? Yeah, I have my own network. Can you give me like a little own, banner uh, underneath expert. that says like yeah, I'll get you a Frank, banner. Frank Gichardo. I'll put it on the uh when I go back in the video, I'll put it on right up there. Yeah, I do my professional name, Frank Gichardo. Oh yeah. Rangers uh, expert. All right, well, that's it. That's the end of the episode for the Hot Take Podcast. Thank right. you, Frankie, for joining us. Quick one. Yeah, it was a quick one, yeah, bad, quick one man. You know, we're just combo. talking Rangers. So, but maybe we join you. Maybe you could co-host with me one day. Oh, that would be pretty. We'll cool. see. My thing is, you know, I don't really talk about football like that. Um, hey, man, we can talk football. We can talk football. There was a bunch of a lot of football talk we had today. We talked Knicks and we talked Nets. Now we talk Rangers. So let's end things off. Anything you got to say before we sign off? Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers. Right All right, man. Let's go Rangers. Week break. Signing off. Thank you for listening. Yeah.